Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon to all the geeks out there and our little geekdom, and welcome to another... Uh, our little geekdom? Our little geekdom. <laughs> I got it right once. <laughs> I got it right <laughs> once. Uh, this is episode 16. At least I can remember the numbers. Uh, we are on episode 16 now. It's, it's been, it's been um, quite a journey, yeah. So we're doing a, a whole lot of stuff. 16 weeks. Can you believe it? Yeah, 16 That's weeks. amazing. We've been going, doing this crap for 16 weeks. <laughs> anyway, we'd like to welcome our good friend. Gork 2000. There you go. <laughs> Gork 2000. Someone who has Hi, actually... everybody. Has uh, Someone who's actually been doing all of the um, the D&D stuff with us. You'll probably have seen him on his own podcast doing uh, the, the, the D&D like stuff with us. Lucky the Lucky Packet party. party. Yes, the yeah. Lucky Packet Party that we need to get going again as soon as my studies are yes. behind me. Yes, we do. We need to get that going again as well. So, Gok, welcome! Welcome! Thank you very much for having me. It's awesome to be here. It's awesome to have to see you guys again. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, how's, how's things going down there in the S of A? In the S of A, things are going very cold right now. Probably not as cold as you guys get in Scotland. No, but no, it is no. a flash snap call for South Africa, and that means I have to put on a jacket. So I'm luckily not that wearing jean pants yet, <laughs> but it's still damn ass cold. <laughs> Joburg weather, my friend. Joburg weather. <laughs> no, it's colder. It's like the coldest winter months at winter temperatures that we've recorded in a few years now. This past week. Mm. No, it's, it's actually kind of crazy. So, My mother was telling me. So for those of our um, watchers and listeners who don't know who you are, because we did miss this part, um, tell us a bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, all of those I'll beautiful let, things. Hello everybody, my name is Gork. My real name is Jock, but I stream as Gork2000. I'm a streamer, I'm a huge geek of note. I've been a professional DM for many a year, an old chess player. And, um, yeah, my hobbies include reading, playing games, um, reading up on Warhammer fantasy knowledge and lore, and, uh, yeah, playing board games. I'm a huge board game geek. I have a mighty good collection going currently, mm. and we love to entertain our friends over weekends with, you know, food, board games, and good times. Nice. That's nice. it. That's me in a nutshell. That's him in a nutshell. <laughs> 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 yes so um now obviously you're a dm yourself as well which which makes it makes for interesting conversation talking it to dms because dms dms like to create stories for people and for some odd reason i feel like i'm really out of focus here Just, you're yeah. not you're fine you're not you're fine you're good in focus on my side. Right, this is the bloody microphone's getting on my nerves. Right, so so being a DM, I mean, you know, we've 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 chatted about this before, you know, and you've said how difficult it actually can be to be a, a DM. I remember on the Geek Inspired podcast, you said that it was um, it was quite difficult to actually, you know, get the whole the whole DMing thing down, and 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 yeah. first learning how to actually do it was one of the most difficult things you did. So, so. I mean, how long did it take? You know, it must have taken ages to actually get that far. I would say it would take me. It took me about five years to find my groove and how to not to just you know to, and to become a storyteller, a story creator. Yeah. Um, because you get various types of DMs, and I like the type of DM I like to think of myself as is is the storyteller, mm. whereas I create a story, 
I leak bits of, inform bits of information to my players as they go along so that they don't grasp immediately what's the master plan, yeah. right? And then I like to set my players up with challenges mm. that they can overcome. They just need to think a little bit and use their, their, their toolkits to the best of their abilities. Mm. So, you know, but I'm also a kids gloves off kind of DM where if you do something stupid, I am going to give you a bloody nose very quickly. <laughs> In other words, don't go, don't go running into something, into a cave without actually being prepared. You will die. <laughs> precisely. Precisely. <laughs> you know, if, if, if you're going up against a vampire, go research the vampire. Exactly. Go find out everything you can about him because there's nothing as terrifying as walking into the, the vampire's lair and like ripping out your cross of, of helm and going, oh, <laughs> And the vampire goes, Ooh. That's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty cross. That's, that's a pretty cross. I'll quickly shove it up here for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 now, I mean, that, that, that is, I am not one of those run in and beat the crap out of everything kind of people. Um, I'm sure you've seen this from, from how I actually play my own games when yes. I'm actually playing games. I like to level up. I like to make sure that I am strong enough to deal the damage before I go in and just deal the damage. Yes, and and that's something for a lot of you players out there. A, a DM like Gork is someone who you who will guide you through, and if you do a good job and you, you actually work to get your, your 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 levels, and you actually try and level up first, and you try and you know get XP from things, you'll you'll actually you'll grow, you'll build your character, and then you can fight the big boss. Whereas yeah. if you're just one of those gung ho run in and kick everyone, try and kick everyone's ass, you're gonna die. <laughs> yeah, this is. Playing with Gork is like playing The Witcher. <laughs> or, or better yet, it's like playing Dark Souls. You got to get good. <laughs> but you also used to give us like hints and stuff, I remember. Because I'm, yes. I'm obviously still new to the whole D&D thing. And you would say, that that's the good thing about you as well. Is that you, you're open to people that are experienced but also people that are new and still learning so like with me you used to say well you know you sense these kinds of things don't you think yeah. you should do this or try that or look for this whereas someone like myself i wouldn't know to actually think about things like that where Precisely. you would say why not try this i mean mm. i expect like from the two experienced party members i'd like, say jp and angelique to know these things and cause they have, mm. you know, 10 plus years of role-playing experience underneath the belt. Mm. So then we should become intuitive, you know, intuitive to ask certain types of questions. Yeah. Whereas for you who is a complete newbie, I don't expect you to ask these things. Exactly. Or even think about it. I want to guide you and learn you how mm. to think to be a good role-player, to be a good party member. Um, mm. I also focus on character development. I love building up my, my player characters, yeah, you know, yeah. to develop their stories from their it's background important. stories, yes. to bring them up, to, to give them a sense of accomplishment and an achievement mm. um, after reaching a certain experience level. I mean, it's so awesome if you have a backstory where, you know, you capture uh, your father's, your father got murdered, right, at one, some point in time. And along your adventure, you can um, take revenge on his murderer. I mean, you, you track him down. You actually find out this person is the one who killed my father, mm. and you take revenge on his name. And you like you know clear his honor. You know you clear his name of all of the misdeeds he was accused of. It's, mm. it's a that's a gratifying feeling. 
Yeah, that's a, that's in a role-playing game. Yeah, that's a that's a like a, 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 a character progression side quest. You know, it's not yes. part of the main story, but it it does it does flesh out your character a lot more. Which yeah, in my opinion, is very important. You know, it's something that you you, you need to actually have. Um, I mean, I'm an intermediate kind of a, a player. I've played D and D before. Um, I I know that I know how to do certain things in the, within the game. I know how to ask certain questions, but I focus when. To give you guys out there an idea of what it is like to be, uh, 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 if you're a gamer and you want to get into playing, you know, D and D and whatnot, or Pathfinder or any of those kinds of games, um, to 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 get into that kind of game, just take your gaming mind and put it to use in the same aspect. So, for example, if you've played Baldur's Gate or um, Icewind Dale or Dragon Age or any of those kinds of games, try try and try and picture your character as that character or as a character like that, where you're actually running through a world like that. The only difference is, is you're actually using this and not you. you, don't, you it's, yes. it's, it's like Moss says in the IT crowd, using the strongest computer of them all. Your brain, <laughs> you know. So it's the same thing. You're you're going to be using your imagination most of the time, and think of it the same way. Uh, you, you've got to build the world around that, and that's something that that, that Gork is very good at doing. I, I know that you did that for a very long time. You actually built the world around us. I could picture where I was going and when I, where I needed to go. So, when you said, "Oh, there's like four or five buildings, and there's a main street, and you've got two buildings on the left, and one building on the right, or whatever," I knew what I was doing, so I knew where I wanted to go. <laughs> yes. So I was and a bit. And I painted a picture of the inn for you to mm. so you can see clearly. There's the inn. Yes, this exactly. Is his location. Yeah, and so 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 you walk in, and then he'll. He'll paint a picture of, of who's in the the, 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 the the room and then you can you can walk around and you can you can actually in your mind you can actually picture the room, you can see what you can do, you can search for things to loot because it's me and I'm a shithead and I like to steal from people. So <laughs> But not only that, you you're not you're like um I know some d DMs do it and others don't, but you actually add voices to the different characters mm. and you oh, add their you. own little like special touches which was which was different and obviously just added to that immersion of the the story as well. I think so very much. That's something I specialize in. I mm. love to bring NPCs to life. To yeah, give no. every so little one of them something special you can remember them by. Even if they're the most inconsequential character of them all. Um, to some reason, people will remember it. You're like, what? I I, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing, though, and that's that, that's what that's what brings out everything about your character, about your your characters and your NPCs and how you yes. create them. But with you know, one thing Kez hates is sound effects, especially the ones that I make, because <laughs> the no, sound effects it's, that it's I make, not the sound effects he makes. It's the sound effects they made on Big Bang Theory, which and I, he just I can copies. actually copy. <laughs> so I can, I can make the bats go like. Oh, no. And she fucking hates it. <laughs> so she fucking... wants to, she wants to kill me because she hates that sound. It's like hearing, it's like hearing cats lick. She cannot stand the sound yeah. of cats licking. So you know, like, <laughs> she hates it. Absolutely despises it. So when I do it, <laughs> it really pisses her off. <laughs> so, um, like, speaking about earlier about role playing in terms of games, Baldur's Gate, Dragon Age, Tyranny. These are all fantastically big title names of role-playing games. The Witcher series. Mm. I mean, they are role-playing games par excellence. But what, to your mind, is the best role-playing game you've ever played on a computer or on a console? You know, I, I, I actually cannot put 
any of them first, second, third, or fourth, or any. You can't you can't actually number them because each one of them has their own their own deep characteristic. But one that I always seem to go back to, one that I I actually want to get on Steam now as well, which I'm thinking of buying at some point, is Vampire the Masquerade. Um, oh yes. Bloodlines because Bloodlines Bloodlines brought in the very. Now, the first time I saw this, I was, we were, it was myself and one of my bandmates, we were busy getting ready for a, for a gig, and he, we arrived at his house, and he was playing this game, and I watched this game, and I was like, I really want to play this game, because it's a first person, it was the first time I'd ever seen a first person shooter that was an RPG, where you could be a vampire in modern day Santa Monica, I was like, that is fucking cool. <laughs> it was amazing, when I bought Bloodlines, you know blew everybody's minds mm. it became an instant pop classic it, it, and it's still it's still being worked on today you've got patches you've got millions of patches yeah. you've, got, you've got the new one the color the second orange. one's coming out as well at yeah. some point yeah. at some uh, point they just like they just pushed back the release date again to make the game as best as they could yeah at least um, they, at least uh, you know i respect them for doing that um I don't know how you feel about that, but I respect them for doing that. No, I respect them like, all the way. I'm so glad they would do something like that. Mm. I would rather have a good, solid, polished game than something that's coming out and dip, drips and drabs and lots mm. of DLCs. Yes, exactly. I mean, you know, I I, I hate to point it and point at them, but um, CD Projekt Red. You know, I love them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I love them. They're they're a great company. They did an unbelievable job with The Witcher. Um, uh, yep. Remembering that The Witcher did come out broken, uh, The Witcher Three came out completely broken, and they had to fix that along the way as well. Yep. The Witcher Two also came out broken, and they had to fix that along the way. So they've got a reputation for bringing out games broken and then fixing them along yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I would expect the same thing from Cyberpunk, and I did expect the same thing from Cyberpunk. Um, it was what what got me with that was the 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 build-up that everyone actually they, they did it to themselves they were like oh it's gonna be perfect oh, and i was sitting there going the game's yeah. not finished and the, the people were like oh just release the game already and i'm sitting there going wait for it it's gonna come out broken and you know i wanted to say it on on, on camera but you know you yeah. know how much shit i would get from the the <laughs> communities had i said that now I, I can say it straight they did it to themselves they screamed about it they, oh release yeah. the game you promised that it, the game would be out release the game i'm sitting there going give them a chance to i would say stop don't do anything yep. let them finish yep. the game yep. and then release it you know because the game is still not ready you know it's, it's still buggy as hell <laughs> <laughs> so well yeah like, like I said, witcher is fantastic you know i mean it is a triple a mm. rpg title you know it's it's yeah. the heavyweight champion of rpg titles currently going around yeah in the gaming world mm. but have you played disco elysium yes. no not Where, what if is you're it an on? rpg fan it is about a drunken drug addicted detective who has lost his memories in all all of them and he has to investigate a murder in the small town of martinet and he has a companion uh, uh, uh from a different district that, that joins him kim kitsurugi uh, this like uh, uptight very moral straight arrow asian detective mm. or as they call it the siano detective so basically what I've done is, the whole story is about you trying to recover your memories 
um, and at the same time recreate your character as you investigate the murder because you know nothing of yourself and your first thought is that you are the disco cop you are a rock star you are center stage people can't take that away from you but everybody you interact with in the beginning of the game is like ah oh, this asshole again <laughs> so <laughs> For a game that is investigative, right? Mm. It, it has a, a very unique skill tree. One yeah. for how you can skill up your character. Two, the decision trees for responses. You know, as in characters talking to you, right? Mm. Based on what you, how you develop a character, boggles the mind. Mm. Number three, the, the game is a prime example of there's more than one way to skill a cat. <laughs> In this case, there are about four to five solutions to each and every side quest you face. Mm. So, from my side, you know, if you have a chance, play the game. It's it's 40 to 50 hours long, it's but it's, it's it, it is. Name. You just sit there and you're like, click, click. it's a lot of <laughs> reading work to do, but. Mm. Wow! So my all-time favorite role-playing game of all time is still remains Planescape Torment. Oh, um, but Disco Elysium, after finishing Disco Elysium, I was like, hot damn, I, I think I've got a contender here for best role-playing game I've ever played in my life. <laughs> Honestly, truly. Mm. It just, you know, The Witcher 3 is great and fantastic, but Disco Elysium from a pure role-playing point of view mm. is a work of art. It, it, it's majestic. Oh, that's pretty and, cool. and and I find out after I finished the game, the way I played it, that oh, I only touched on forty percent of the content in the game. <laughs> awesome if I played with a different <laughs> character with different skills, I could have unlocked different decision, you know, things and gotten to other you know, places mm -hmm. and discovered different kinds of information. That's well, that's like, Wow. Yeah, and that's important. You know, that's something that you 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 have to actually look for. Is you know something that that brings that much out in a game is is if it can actually do you know give you that 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 wow factor. You know, yeah. um, I'm I'm very difficult when it comes to to particular kinds of role playing games. I don't just pick up any game and say, oh, I like this one. Um, yeah. Does King's Quest count? King's Quest is awesome. Point and click. Best best kind of RPG. Well, not an RPG, best but kind of best, RPG. best kind of storytelling game. I like King's Quest. I liked it when I was little. I liked the originals ones, and then I played the remade ones that they had recently as well, and they were both really, really fun. So, mm. if it counts, those are my favorite ones. It's Monkey, Monkey Island. Island. And Monkey Island, yeah. Mm. Uh -huh, ditto. I'm a big fan of Monkey Island. I like I like the idea behind Monkey Island. I like the, the, the whole... The whole um, look the the when I played Monkey Island, the very first Monkey Island I played was actually uh, the Curse of Monkey Island, and yeah, um, yeah I, I could not stop playing that game. I just could not stop playing that game. It was epic. I played the I played it like on on the normal Monkey Island version, and then I played it on the extra yeah. hard version, which really wasn't that difficult. It was because <laughs> once you finish it no, on the normal version, it's just a few more things that you have to actually figure out. Once yes. you do, and even if you do finish the game and you know how to finish it, leave it for a, a couple of months and come back to it and you'll want to do it again. And again yeah. and again and again. That's the kind of game that, that you can play. 
this uh, the first Monkey Island game I actually touched and played myself was the 3D one. Mm. Right, me um, and my sister would sit next to next to each other by the PC and like, don't try this, no, don't try this, go talk to this guy. <laughs> and we actually grew so close during that period. Mm. You know, we, 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 we would try and puzzle solve together. It was like so awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's it is epic. Sorry, I've got a grey hair on my beard that's pointing into my mouth. Oh, I see it now. I didn't want to point it out. It. It's gone now. Yeah, uh, there it is. <laughs> see, there it is. There it is. Uh, oh, there it's there when is. you open your mouth. No, it's also the light above my head. It's shining so well that it looks like I've got a piece of snot or something. It's not snot. So then move your microphone <laughs> to hide it. There you go. There now no go. one can. That's not moving the microphone. That's moving me. <laughs> well, it's still hidden now. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so so I've always enjoyed point and click. There are lots of games. I am I am literally an anything kind of go anything goes kind of a gamer. I I will play pretty much anything as long as it actually catches my my attention. If it doesn't catch my attention, I won't be interested in it. I have played. I I literally I I play a game called Fishing North Atlantic. It's a fishing yeah. simulator. It's a fishing game. You you've got to you go out the first. You start out with a little fishing boat that you use to catch. Um, um, what are they called? Swordfish, and then you catch swordfish. You sell them. Then you start building up a capital to be able to buy bigger and bigger ships. And eventually, you start building trawlers and you do crab fishing. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that you can also do in the game. But it's it's a very simple d design. All you got to do is fish. <laughs> you got to do fish. A good point and fish. A good point and click <laughs> game that I played the other day was that Gibbers game. Um, it's a Cthulhu type game. Heartbreaking. Um, oh. It's it's kind of sad at the end, but um, it's really really funny. Where basically this guy gets the the Necronomicon, and um, he opens it and reads a spell, and his cat can then start talking, and they have to basically save the world from this bad Cthulhu type demon. But also he's trying to find someone who can help him reverse the spell to stop his cat from talking to him and she's a really sassy back talking cat as well it's so funny but it, it's it's also short but it's definitely one of those you you've got to play it at one point i think the main thing that made her so sad though to be honest was the fact that we our cats hadn't even arrived yet we were still we were still Aww. we were down nine cats you know and you know playing this game she kind of cried a little you know i don't blame her yeah, well it's at the end her. i'm not going to give it away but it's it, it's kind of sad but then it, it gives you like a twist but it's still um the the ending is a bit sad because yeah <laughs> she's not going to spoil it oh yeah do not spoil the game it sounds interesting i would like to check it out mm, mm. but yeah that's, that's <laughs> the whole thing about these point and click or well, not these point and click games any game that you can play you know, as long as as long as it catches your attention, go ahead and play it. Yeah. Well, personally, for my personal taste, right, I hate survival type games, survival sandboxes. <laughs> you know, that thing of, you know, you're dumped in the middle of nowhere and I've got to go punch a tree for some wood. That's wara, my kind wara. of game. <laughs> Oh, I hate that. I mean, uh, to, to, name, to name a few, it's like Rust, Minecraft, Valheim. <laughs> I can't. It's just, it's, it's, it's to me, like, stupid beyond stupid because there's, it's futile. I don't get any reward like out of it. anything. 
Yeah, that's why I like but, it because I get to build bases and stuff. That's my thing. I love to build bigger. Yeah, bigger you can build bases, and that's that's awesome. And and mm. and that's it for me. There's going to be story. Space now. I understand where you. I understand where you're coming from. You 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 yeah. have story and you know there's got to be some sort of like point to it. Now there's one game that I actually love, and it's like my my secret shame. That's RimWorld. RimWorld. Because yeah, RimWorld. It's an indie game. You, you you start off and you play a little bit, and then you look up and it's three hours gone. <laughs> like what did I do? Well, I built a pen for my animals to sleep in. <laughs> I put some crops going now. That's nice. Now, RimWorld is really worth looking into if you enjoy the base building survival game. It actually comes with a nice deep oh, story, okay. a full world map to explore, um, mm. different tribes and different peoples you can interact with and stuff. And yeah, and, there, and there's like four game modes you can choose from. I like to relax sandbox game it gives you a little bit of everything a little bit of combat a little bit of exploration a little bit of this and it gives you the, the, the big end quest which is to build a spaceship to get off the world yeah <laughs> okay it seems pretty but there's actual story to it it's actually there's actually you know a point mm. to your hard work and labor that's the same yeah that's, a, that's one thing that i don't like about I these games as well i do i do need to agree with you we obviously do seven days to die for the funnies and the giggles of it yeah but and to to kill the zombies but also i'm also like okay what's the point behind all of these things i'm i'm like you out i need to have a story to yeah. know that i have a point there is a story to seven days to die kill all the zombies no nope. I'm not going to tell you what it is. If you haven't figured it out yet, you'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that you were uh, an ex-chess player and um, you and I had like this whole discussion a few weeks ago or I think it was yes, last week. Yeah, two weeks ago, um, yeah. But I, I went, because Russ didn't hear the story and yes, I said your real name, I'm sorry. Um, so? But I, I want everyone else to hear the story as well because I think it's pretty cool and I can just imagine you saying it. So, can you tell us about the time that you met and played with? Um, I don't know his full name, but it's the, yes, that one. Yes, it was way back in 2005. Um, I met him through my father. We were at the Junior World Chess Champs at that point in time in France and I had my friends of Karpov and we invited us to one day to his wine farm. Now Anatoly Karpov was the 12th world chess champion. Um, he reigned for about 15 to 15 years before handing the reins over mm -hmm. to Kelly Kasparov. So as a as a lark I, I asked him for a tour for a game of chess when we were on his wine farm and he said you know jovially very quickly yeah sure let's have a quick game you know and this is like back in the day when i was at my peak my absolute peak for my chess career you know i was like at my very best and we started playing this game and about 20 moves in i was sitting there going shit <laughs> shit he has me Dude, i haven't been playing a game at all i've just been playing his game the whole time <laughs> And I was like, you know, thinking from doing good. So my strategy for the game was to beeline for the end game phase of, you know, of a chess match, which can easily be achieved within 20 moves. 
to do this, you quickly, rapidly exchange um, your your main pieces, your bishops and knights, your rooks, queens, get them off the table, so that you can only have one or two of each left, and the king. Uh, the end game phase was always my forte. It was where I was the strongest. I mean, I, I practiced the end game theories, threats like a madman. That's where I won my games back then. So little did I, did I know that Anatoly Karpov is known as the world's best endgame player. So he whooped your ass. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, is that when he sat down finally by the table you know, for the endgame phase, and he's like, now we can play. And I'm like, oh no. The, the atmosphere <laughs> changed. It's like mm. that we felt that, 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 that compression, the pressure on you mm. from the other side of the table that exudes from him to focus. You're like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, oh no, oh no, yeah, no, he, he crushed me. <laughs> it was an honor to play him. It was an absolute, absolute honor. It was a pleasure and, and a humbling experience. Mm. Because back then I thought I was like really the fucking bee's knees. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was the, the point why Case brought this up was that it was Anatoly Karpov's 70th birthday uh, a week and a half ago. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I shared with her my, my good old memory of when I met him in person. <laughs> it's a good story to share and it's a good experience mm. to have. But, it, but, but the thing is, like, it is a good experience to have. But like, I can tell you, as a chess player, that pure focus of him, right? That, that he just. You, it's worlds. You're, you're you're worlds apart in terms of skill. Mm. When you sit across from that man, because he is so, so, I don't know, the pressure that it comes from him. That thing of, I may not play actively chess anymore, but let me show you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but isn't that how it's supposed to be? You know, you you, you want you want your, you know someone you admire to actually show you their their precisely their, their, their full skill and their their full skill, yeah. skill the fact that he went full skill against me meant that I pressured him into it he went super saiyan on your ass yeah pretty much <laughs> I am impressed by your moves now let me show you well <laughs> super saiyan god <laughs> yeah. well, see you weren't that bad then cause you made him actually focus hmm <laughs> Oh no, it was good. It was good. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole thing, though. It's um, as Karen said, you know, you made him focus. So clearly, he, he saw quite hard, thought quite hardly. Yes. But also, I just heard Case say that you guys got a board game recently. You haven't really been able to get to the table yet. Uh, well, we haven't been able to play lately. We're going to be playing soon. As soon as she decides what she wants to play. We got Dune, actually. Yes. And um, that was one of the games that we got. We got That's so the one that I showed him. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, no, we got Dune recently. We haven't played it yet, but we're looking at getting getting into that as well. Um, there's a whole bunch of games that we want to actually get into, go and buy as well. Um, there's a Star Trek game, um, Ascendancy, I think it's called. Okay. Got to get that. that. I'm a big tricky, but I've got to get I've got to get that. But um, you're a big... You're big into You're your board than, games yeah. as well. Yes. You're bigger into your board games than we are. Yeah, the thing is, like, we haven't had real chance and opportunity with COVID regulations or whatnot to have face to face games recently. Yeah. But our most recent acquisition is, is for Too Many Bones. 
and that's basically eight to twelve combat sessions of D&D role-playing. <laughs> that, that, that's the entire board game. It's fantastic. It's brilliant. It's beautiful. Plus, the entire board game can be submerged underwater without taking any damage to the components. Why? <laughs> Maybe you have a drunken day and everyone spills the the drinks a on the table. A real reason is because my wife has magnificent tatas. Mm. When she leans across the table, she bumps her drinks over my board games. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let your wife catch you saying that. <laughs> I told them you've got magnificent tatas. <laughs> <laughs> <Sure. laughs> <laughs> you probably like, yeah, after this, after this, he's probably gonna slap you around a few times and say, "Hey, oh, he's probably gonna give me a kiss." <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as bad marketing, they say. <laughs> True. Um, so basically, the board game components is, is poker chips, but like you no know, high quality poker chips, and your character sheets are made from new praline. So, mouse bag material. <laughs> it's like brilliant. It's fantastic. It, it works because you know you will get those people who spill drinks and stuff yeah. like that. And, and then, of course, you have your bones, which are the dice. And the dice are of a superior quality as well. Do yeah. all dice cost. <laughs> and that's important too. You know, you don't want you don't want yeah. a piece of crap die cost dice. You know? Yeah, precisely. That's how it works. Truth. <laughs> ha ha. Oh, what is your oh. favorite board game that you've played? My favorite all-time board game to, to this day is Caverna by Uwe Rosenberg. It's a game about a family of dwarfs who live in a cave and they have to excavate and mine in the cave for jewels and they have to, at the same time, um, grow crops and um, breed animals on the outside in the fields, you know, there's, there's a forested area outside of the cave, so they have to chop down the forests, make space of fields and plant them, and stuff like that. It's a very, it's a worker placement game, it's strategically high diff, and it's a good brain burner. <laughs> That's my all-time favorite board game to play. Nice, nice. Now, how many hours yeah. does it take to play? Um, on four players who are experienced, it takes about two and uh, two, two and a half hours. Nice. Um, decent, with decent four play game. with one experienced player and which is usually me, and three newbies, it can take three to four hours. Mm. Yeah, that's just pretty cool. Well, it's nothing yeah. like what Dune is going to be in like Twilight Imperium, where it takes pretty much yes. a whole day. Twilight Imperium so, is a long game. I liked it so though. I love Twilight Imperium. I played it at four players, six players, and eight players. <laughs> we played four. Players. Yeah, we played four. Oh, a four-player game can take four four hours to six hours to complete, <laughs> right? Right. Okay. Cool. So, an eight-player Twilight Imperium game. We started on a <clears> Friday <throat> evening at seven o'clock. We ended at twelve. <laughs> we started up again on Saturday morning at nine o'clock. We ended at eleven o'clock on Saturday evening. We started up at 9 o'clock on Sunday morning. We ended it at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. And two friendships were broken for life. <laughs> by the Jeez. end of it all. That is all the players were in the game up until the last two hours. Mm -hmm. 
But I'm not, I'm not kidding you. Two of my friends, or four of my friends, never spoke to each other after that. That's just silly. They, just they, 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 they threw their toys out the pot. But you must understand that it was also at that point like super competitive to win and get uh... this game cut out. Yeah, and, I don't, you know, people I don't. backstabbed and broke alliances and mm. things done. <laughs> not me so if i'm gonna play a game i'll play it right <laughs> if you win yeah. you win if you lose you lose that's how it goes part of the game mm. i was i nearly won i must say i nearly won but i was like you know ousted they they they, they, they teamed up against me four <laughs> players i'm like oh no this is gonna go south very quickly for me now <laughs> i don't even remember who won our game i think I we all I. just stopped yeah, we were just so tired. The game just took so long. We were just like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, let's call it quits. You, you, I, I honestly don't even remember who won. I think it was just like, a, oh, it looks like you would have won, yay, yeah. kind <laughs> of thing. But we, I, as far as I remember, I don't think we played it to the end because yeah, it, was it was just so long, so long and mm. yeah. we needed to get other things done and stuff. But it was still fun. It is a, a very fun game to play. Yeah, it is. Another game, game that, we, that we love to play now is our most played game in you know, recent time is Tapestry by Jimmy Stigmire. I don't know Tapestry. Um, it is a, it's very simple to get into the game and learn the game, but it's very difficult to master the game. Mm. And people usually don't give, give it enough chance to realize how strategically in depth there is to the mm. game. I mean, if you can score the, on the on the board itself, there is markings for up to 400 points that you can score the, by the end of the game. Right, so the first three, four times we played the game, right, we scored 150, 160. It's like, how the fuck do you get to 400? <laughs> Magic. And that's when you start to think, and you're like, wait a second, I'm starting to see things differently now. So I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've once nearly broke broken the 400 mark I've got three my wife has it on stats on our little stats page it's 380 or 90 points that I got you have a stats game. page? yeah we have a little recording app oh they're yeah. that into their board games yeah we're, we're, we're that kind of geeks we like to record all our plays <laughs> dude I mean we're such big like board game geeks and fans we took board games along on our honeymoon to the Maldives <laughs> <laughs> and that was so much fun it was so awesome to sit by the bar and drink a drink play play a quick two-player game you know a game that takes half an hour to play before mm. you're getting back into the ocean or whatever but yeah that's how we roll okay, some stuff in the news I'm trying to find some game news sorry so, i'm just looking for board game news my game. my favorite board game right now is a silly yeah. little one it's a silly Silly, silly little one, but it's quick, but it's cute at the same time, and it's the um, Exploding Kittens games. Oh, Exploding Kittens is fun. It's fun, and it's cute, and I got for, was it for my birthday? Yeah. Um, yeah, I got the Cone of Shame, which oh, actually is part of it, and it's a cone shame. that you have to wear yeah, around your head. It's really cool. <laughs> That sounds yeah. amazing. I bought, I bought it as like a joke gift for her on top of yeah. her, her proper gift. And she preferred her 
joke gift over her proper gift. <laughs> nice. It's just because I like that game so much and I thought, you know what, this is really funny. And I like it and I still want to use it at, at one point just to see people wearing the cone of shame. Made by the same guys as Exploding Kittens is, um, um, is Unstable Unicorns, which yeah. I bought again. And I really re recently realized it's like four expansions out already for it. Like, <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? Yeah, oh, it's actually no. kind of crazy, eh? <laughs> I love <laughs> that game as well. It's so fun and fluffy and it plays quick. <laughs> yeah. It's lovely for parties. Yeah, it is. Mm, it is. It's, very nice party. it's also like um, we haven't we haven't played it yet, but I think it's also from the same creators. Um, they made you got crabs. Yeah. Crabs. <laughs> <laughs> the weird game. Sounds very weird game. But you have to play with more, obviously more than more than two people. It has to be four people or more because yes, yes, yes. It, it wouldn't work if you didn't. Otherwise, it's just oh, you got crabs. No, you got crabs. No, you got crabs. It's kind of oh, so the the idea behind you got crabs, as far as I know, um, from what I remember reading from the rules, is that you've got to work in like teams and then basically accuse the other team of them having crabs or something like that. But it's really really yeah. funny. Very, very quick, very off-key off key as well, which is nice because sometimes you don't always want to play the really, really long games. You just want to have like a yeah. quick little game yeah. or something. So it's oh, nice precisely. to have these little ones as well. In our walking collection, we have a variety of games. You know, ones that are party games for lots of people in the room. Um, ones mm. for light, light games that take less than an hour to play. are great for being a breather between heavier games. And then we have a plethora of super heavy games and um, cooperative titles as well. Because mm. I, I love playing co-op, my wife doesn't so much, but we found one co-op game that she loves, and that's the Harry Potter Defense for Hogwarts Battle <laughs> card game, which takes also less than an hour to play. But the thing is, once you've played one game and you've lost to the game, you mm. want to play again now, because you need to defeat Voldemort, <laughs> bastard. Uh, that's different to the one we have. I've got the 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 normal Harry Potter card game where you like play against each other, um, mm -hmm. where you play as Hermione or Draco, and then I think there's other ones that you can get, but um, you basically like um, fight each other. So yes, it's yes. also Harry Potter. It's also really cool, but it's also a quick game. But you want to try. It's the same where if you finish, you want to see um, what you could have done differently, so you you end up playing it again and again and again. Yes. Yeah, That's I don't awesome. remember that game that much. <laughs> <laughs> no, because um, one one co-op game that I like playing, I played I played it with my brother. I still like to play with him though. Is um, uh, Eldritch Horror. That's that's a pretty cool game. Oh, Eldritch Horror, man! Now you're talking. Now you're talking. That's a game. <laughs> that, that's a good mm. game. We've never won. <laughs> We've never won. Four expansions with, for it. I've won once, like I can say that much. I've won once. <laughs> yeah. It's a difficult game. It's it a is. difficult, difficult game. It is. Well, I love it. With I love all it the so monsters much. spawning at the different gates, it's so difficult because you get there and then you kill the monsters, and then the next turn something else happens, and then more monsters come, and then. Yeah. It, that's generally what happens with us where we we draw the the bad monsters that spawn like all these horrible things and we, i think we've come close to winning once 
Mm. But um, haven't actually won one. I also think that... I figured out that we were playing the game wrong too. <laughs> <laughs> we were spawning too many monsters, and that's why it was oh, being so difficult. Oh, that'll be a downside, definitely. Yeah, because we we would spawn them every turn, and apparently you're only supposed to spawn them on particular points, and there's only yeah. it's only on a particular card that you're supposed to spawn monsters. No, no, we just yeah. spawn them every we turn. We started running out of monsters. <laughs> that's how many times we were spawning them. <laughs> Yeah, they were starting to stack up on on all the places. We're like, oh, Jesus, we, we're never gonna win this. And then my brother looked through the. Doom Eternal We almost won that one. Funny enough. <laughs> we didn't quite get there though. It was it was a difficult game. Um, but then my brother read the instructions, and it all all became clear. Well, hey, we didn't do too bad. But mm. another another good co-op game was um, man, what was it called now? I think it's called Elysium. Seven. Not not just Elysium. I think it's called Seven Wonders, where you play with the different. Oh, yes. um, so you play in Egypt and you play in. Yes. Um, I think it's Greece. Seven and the, Wonders. Yeah. Yeah, Greece and, and, Rome and you've got yeah. to like trade with people to get to the different yes. levels and build your your um wonder and that was also pretty cool it's like we a weird version of seven wonders duel which is the two-player version of it mm. and that was our you know honeymoon gift so we played that a lot on honeymoon that was that is like back and forth like it's such a go every time mm. so, i mean my favorite good you know record there of like being very equal in terms of skill to the game yeah yeah that's no, it's like a it's a it's, a, it's a board game version of civilization <laughs> even though there is yes. a board game of civilization it's the which other. i really want i really yeah, me want a civilization board game it looks amazing the, yeah me too the, the rising of a new dawn yeah i think that's what it's called yeah I'll, I'll check now hang on another one that we got recently as well is um the sherlock holmes board game mm, which is 221 b baker street and oh, you, yeah. you let, it's so fun where you um you actually go and you investigate it's it's like cluedo but sherlock holmes cluedo where you've oh, got to go awesome. to different places and you have to say you're going here and then you pick up the clues and then um you go to the next place and then obviously you've got to go you've got to make your way back to 221b before you yeah. can actually give your deduction of who the murderer was or what the the, okay. the thing was which is pretty cool um mm. because it's not like I, I haven't played cluedo in such a long time but with this one you have to roll the dice to determine your moves so you have to roll until you can actually get to yeah. where you want to go okay yeah. Can you believe it? My wife had to defeat me Cluedo recently. So we could play it on one of our friends. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how Cluedo works. This game is stupid. You're I like big bad. You were so bad at it describing this game to me. <laughs> I couldn't get it for so long until I, you know, she explained. She sat me down and went, this is the rules. I'm like, oh, is that it? Just that. My mind kept on wanting more. No, it's a pretty <laughs> it's simple, a very simple game. game. A straightforward simple game, yeah. Sherlock Holmes actually, yeah, I felt like so, I felt like so stupid. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, Sherlock Holmes isn't that easy. Eh? Um, the, the 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 221 Baker Street is actually quite hard. The 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 cases are based on his his um on the writers of uh, writings of um Arthur Conan Conan Doyle, but oh, nice. but 
they all are different they're, they're different because if you've read the books you'll know how to solve the stories yeah so they make sure that they're, they're, that they're difficult enough that you can't actually just solve it <laughs> cool that is definitely awesome mm. i love games like that i would love to sink my teeth into it yeah there's also okay. an expansion for it which we have really to yeah we still have to a get the expansion similar, for it. <laughs> a game very similar to cluedo it's based off cluedo right but it's like the adult mm. version of cluedo it's called mystery of the abbey the really? premise is the same yeah. there's a killer there's um murder weapons there's a location but there's something like 16 friars staying at the abbey all of them different looking all of mm. them so you have to so every round spawns the location spawns characters in different locations mm. and it's up to you and the three other players to determine who is the killer that is pretty cool, yeah. And, there's, and you get like character sheets, and you've got to tick off basically, yes, I've seen this guy, yes, I've seen this guy. And then <laughs> they make it very, like, and you have to hide all the information from your friends. Yeah. But you can, if you cross paths in the in the hallways of the app, you can go, hi, have you seen the friar with the yellow belt and the long nose? <laughs> and your friend can go, and walk on. They're like, oh, come on! Sharing is caring, buddy! <laughs> you got me just, you, you have me as like vindictive, just going, no, I'm not telling you, and I'll carry on. No, no, what you would do is say, yes, I saw him, and leave them in the exact opposite <laughs> direction to somewhere that that's to, not supposed to be. Yeah, when we, when we played 221 Baker Street, I, I did that yeah. to everyone on the board because when I was moving around the board, yeah. I already, I already knew what the what the answer was. I was just waiting to to, to yeah. screw everyone around. So I'd like stop here and then I'd stop there. And was, they were all following me. And by the time I made it back to the thing, I was like, yeah, no, I'm done. I, I know what the answer is. <laughs> yes. oh, nice. Yeah. So it was quite fun. It was, it was very interesting. It's a very good game. Um, but yeah, yeah we'll be checking it out soon. Oh yeah. Feel <laughs> good. Sorry, I'm gonna be here by my lap. Like, give me attention, daddy. Give me That's attention. That's how it works. That's how it works. Yeah. You should know. Yeah. The cats do the same thing to us. Funny enough, there's no cats for for today's um stream, but there's there's a poopoo for you, everyone. There's a poopoo for everyone. It's a little poopy. Unfortunately, the which the, one is that? It's Boogie. Boogie. It's a little boogie boy. Oh, how's our very cute little doggy? Ah, he's falling asleep. He's so cute. He gives all. He gives love of his entire little body. That's how he loves. Sounds like Gandalf. Yeah, that sounds like Gandalf. He does the same thing. Hello. Don't do that, puppy. That is my cord for my gate thing. Okay, let me go. Lots of love given. Yeah, and unfortunately, there's no cats for the cat cam today. And I even oh, put catnip on the bed. But yeah, then, he yeah. sat for a few minutes and then he buggered off. He was not interested. He's like, oh, oh catnip, catnip. Okay, bye. <laughs> I'll try getting one of them to come in, yeah? No, wait, I'll do it. <laughs> you see the pitch that she actually does it at oh, is so high that you cannot yeah. hear. Uh, uh, you can hear it now because I'm speaking. But... The mic, the microphones actually can't pick up the pick that up, and it's not because we have wow. noise blockers on. Because I, we, I don't. I, we, we, we normally use um, like RTX voice or something. But for
for a quiet house like this, it's pointless. So we don't we don't really use yeah. it. Nah, they're all sleeping. They're yeah, like, they're oh, I'm not interested. Aww. Less than interested. Let's just get sleeping one of them. That's okay. <laughs> I'll be back. Okay. <laughs> one of them. One of them just walked in. Oh. Come, Namty. Come on. I call him Namty. He's a he's a mummy's boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's definitely a mummy's boy. Here comes the cutie. There. <laughs> Look at that face. That is beautiful. That is our, that is our Persian, our Persian rescue. Oh, I love Persian kids. They're so beautiful. Oh. He's, he's he's a real dickhead. Though. He's he's an absolute he's dickhead. A dickhead. Yes, he, he shits in the bath. He's a diva as well. Like when we first got him oh from his mom, he refused yeah. to eat out of the bowls. He, We had to give him one kibble at a time. Mm. And even then, he would like only eat it from the floor or from your hands. He was such yes, yes. a diva. Yeah. I'll put you put the camera on. It, it was on, but there's no one there, so I, I, I kept it off. No, I thought you would have just like kept it on and then just pushed the eye when it comes off. Oh well. Yeah, there's no cat cam today, unfortunately. It's not the end of the world though. Cats, cats only come when they feel like coming. If they feel like sleeping on the, their bed, they'll sleep there. They normally yes. do throughout the day while we're working. So we'll always have a cat sleeping inside this cat bed next to us, and. Um, if it's not there, they'll be on the windowsill staring at the birds or the squirrels, depending on Aww. what they feel like. Um, and we've re recently realized that we have two squirrels. Mm -hmm. So we've called them, because the, the, the one squirrel is Mr. McFoof. So now they Mr. and Mrs. McFoof. They, they've got very floofy tails, that's why. I saw just a video to Yeah, huge poof tails. And now there's two poof tails. Yeah. And then of course you get you get the real floof, which the real floof is not the one that you saw now. The real floof is Katiti. He's got the real floof because when he runs with his tail, his tail goes. Oh, nice! It, it floofs a lot. He is he is the <laughs> ultimate floof. But yes, he's a very floofy cat. Yeah, unfortunately he's he's not here now. He's running. So not only do you create do content creation and you play chess from time to time. Um, but you also cook. I love cooking. Um, yeah. I haven't been in the kitchen as active as I used to be, but I'm getting back into it. I've been rediscovering my inner cook again. So this week, like the last couple of weeks, I've been, you know, heading to the kitchen, making full meals, planning out dishes, and, you know, eating dinners. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm really chuffed to be back into it again. Like um, this week, I made a huntsman spy, which hmm. isn't something I haven't made in, in about a year's time. And I love nice. huntsman spy, yeah. Nice. What's the craziest thing that you've made? Because, like, we, we do simple things. We'll make fancy meals okay. for us that seem fancy, but they're nowhere near as fancy as the other things that you see. So, what's yeah, the craziest like thing? Yeah, yeah the craziest crazy. thing we've made is chimichangas. Or tacos. Uh, the craziest thing I would say is uh, uh, home baked nachos. Oh, those are nice. 
so that's very cool. No, but the craziest thing I would say that, that, that I've made or helped to make was um, cardamom coffee ice cream. Wow, okay. It is beyond divine. Can imagine. It is my favorite <laughs> ice cream of all time. <laughs> I help my wife to make it because she's like the actual super, you know, maker slash ice cream maker expert in the house. <laughs> and by helping, I mean tasting. Yeah. Well, there has to be a taste tester. My dad always used to say that when he used to make food or go grocery shopping, he used to eat it to see. And his excuse was, I have to make sure it's not gone off. So yeah, you have yeah, to yeah. have a taster. But, but to answer your question, in all earnestness, uh, the craziest thing I've made is my lasagna. It's a benchmark lasagna, basically. Mm. You put it up against, against other lasagnas and go, yeah, bring it. Mm. Why is like, yours I, different? Why is mine different? Um, I'm not telling you. It's I'm secret. not telling you my secrets. I'm gonna tell you this now. I make a proper bolognese, a, a made you know a proper proper four-hour cooked bolognese. Yes. Um, starting off with a mirepoix, white wine, rosemary, um, and basil at the end. I don't want to use instead of a bechamel sauce. I I, I use a free, I make a free cheese sauce hmm. of additional basil in that. And, um, yeah, then there's like some other tips and tricks, spice wise, that I use in between each layer. My secrets. Yeah, I normally use and Shiraz in my mints when I make bolognese. A good red wine actually gives you a different flavor. A good red wine is good, a good white wine is better, I found. <laughs> I'll give it a shot sometime. A shot a day. Oh, give a it shot a shot. For a, for, for a bolognese, it's fantastic. Never thought it actually enhances the, the tomato flavor. Hmm. Never thought of it doing it that way. I've always I've always used like Shiraz or Merlot because it's got a it, it brings out the flavor or it puts a nice flavor in the mince. Gives yes. a very nice flavor to the mince. So trust me, I mean, I, the reason why I use the white wine is because I read a recipe. I got the recipe from Antonio Corruccio, who is considered the godfather of Italian cooking. <laughs> okay. I was like, what the hell do you put white wine for in a bolognese? And I made it the first time around, right? This is worlds apart. Yeah. Now I know. Now I know. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll get some Chardonnay at some point to make a bolognese. I've already made bolognese this week, so I'm not going to do it again. So, yeah. But yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm like super proud when it comes to my lasagna that I make. It's not something mm. I make often. It's, it's a labor of love. It really is. <laughs> And it is the wine. It is so good. <laughs> now, I remember seeing some of your photos and obviously you had that little um, the, the dish request in your, your Twitch chat. And yes. I, I made use of that. And then it's you see good. the photos and I'm just sitting there going, oh, wow, like the Homer Simpson drooling. You guys, you guys still, I, I still need to respond to your one request of making my favorite dessert. Yes, you do. Luckily for you, tomorrow we are making my favorite dessert. Yay. So I will be posting pictures of that. Is it's that the ice cream? No, no, it's my wife's lemon meringue pie. Oh, I love lemon meringue. I hate lemon meringue. Why? Because it sucks. No, it Except doesn't. for my wife's. <laughs> which is the most divine lemon meringue pie in the world. It is just like so, so tart and sour, so right. So right. <laughs> uh, I think Ziff agrees with you because he's not a big fan of lemon meringue either. Uh, 
not really. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of meringues. I, I just don't like the taste of meringue. It, it, it doesn't. Yeah. It rubs me up the wrong way. <laughs> it, rubs, it rubs me like this. Oh, it rubs you like that. Ah. See, it rub, it rubs me like that. <laughs> Have you ever made like your own creation of a dish um, without? Um, so not following a recipe from someone else, but something you've put together from start to finish that's fully your own. Yeah, there's quite a few that I've done that actually with. Um, is it my... Um, my lasagna is my lasagna. That, that'll give you done and dusted. I mean, the only thing that, 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 that I've followed or taken from is from the recipe for the bolognese, the recipe that I added for by myself. Um, I, my husband's pie is my own recipe. Um, what else? Frittatas. I love making frittatas for breakfast. And I've got like a very simple recipe that I make myself. I, I, suppose, I suppose it's been documented somewhere. But I like to think of it as, you know, my recipe. So yeah, um, frittata is basically an Italian pizza breakfast. Italian breakfast pizza with scrambled eggs. Never had frittatas. Always heard about frittatas, but never actually attempted to make it. We've we, seen them in the shop. Yeah, we? we've seen them, and um, but we just okay. stick to the the tacos and the the chimichangas. We haven't done the frittatas or the fajitas just no, yet. Only thing we've done okay. is I've I've chanced making a, a butter chicken curry. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing. I've got like, my own curry mix that I'm. I like to make with, um, oh, nice. with, with beef. Hmm. The beef curry at home, yeah. Hmm. And there's also a honey and ginger pork stew that I make with pork fillet. Nice. And then when my parents, like you know, when daddy goes hunting and he brings back a kuru fillet for me, a whole kuru hmm. fillet, and I make kuru wellington of that. Oh, nice. Yes, and a proper, proper old English uh, wellington sauce. Yeah. Nice. I still, I still want to try a beef Wellington. I haven't had one of those yet. We've had a, yeah, we've had a vegan beef Wellington, which tasted weird, but we haven't had a a, a normal one. British one, yeah. I want to get a proper, proper British beef Wellington. So we're actually looking for a place here. Mm. So we're looking for a place up here, one of the one of the pubs. I'm sure they've got beef Wellingtons. I must Um, have, man. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And especially up here in Scotland, I'm pretty sure they've got a beef Wellington, a speciality beef Wellington that they would do. So we'll we'll, we'll have a squiz, see what we can do. Maybe we can find a nice one. <laughs> <laughs> but cool, guys. Listen, I have to get from going again, unfortunately. It's fine. fine. I was actually I just time is running out. No, it's fine. It's I was time. actually just going to say that we yeah, need anyway. we need you to give us some orcish words of wisdom and then oh, plug yourself where we yes, can right. find you. Right, plug myself and all these words of wisdom. Yes, in no particular order. Let me, let me, open the arm, the orcish words of wisdom. Hmm. Always be proud of what you do, and always accept you for you. That's very good. Thank you, and you guys can find me over on Twitch. TV slash Gork2000 also on Twitter under the name Gork2000 Very easy quick and easy today guys and Angel your turn to plug 
uh, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and BitChute. And then the podcast itself you can find on Anchor for the audio version, which links to Spotify and Google Podcasts and 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 so on and so forth anyway guys thank you so much for joining us and watching and listening on the podcast today we hope that it's been a wonderful one if it has and you loved it please feel free to hit that subscribe button right down below there hit the bell icon as well to be notified if youtube will notify you and if you like the video hit the like button because it does help us actually get views and put our name out there so that youtube can see we actually are trying because uh, we really are <laughs> gork thank you so much for joining us it's been a wonderful time thank uh, you Geeks, it's been awesome to be with you guys again it's great thank you so very much <laughs> it's more than a pleasure and thank you so much once again guys for watching and as always remember kiki kiki Get a giggy! Yes. Bye!